Hi, welcome to uh, another McLaren Fans podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Donnelly, and joining me this week um, for a recap of the Zandvoort race, we've got Mark Taylor, uh, who's a fellow McLaren fan. Hello, Mark. Hi, Andy. You all right? Not bad, not bad. And we've got all the way from uh, the Netherlands, uh, Gerald Spitz, who is uh, a very famous uh, Dutch McLaren fan. Hi, Gerald. Hello, everybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's uh, let's kind of just start with um, sort of the race at the weekend. The atmosphere looked amazing. Now, I know that you you went to you went to Zanfort, didn't you? Um, yes, there was a problem with the, with the tickets. The Dutch government. Uh, decided a few weeks before the event that only uh, two-thirds of the people could come. So I was a lucky guy who was uh, had to roll over my ticket from this year to next year. So two weeks ago, I didn't have a ticket. That was uh, the Monday before we went to Spa. Then... Uh, I got a tip. There were some tickets in the resale. And the same evening on the Monday evening, I bought another ticket. And not cheaper grandstand tickets, but uh, the gold ticket. And I told by myself, I missed Goodwood last year, Silverstone last year, Sandford last year, Spa last year, this year Goodwood, this was Silverstone. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> 500 euros for a ticket, no problem. So I bought a ticket. And now I got a ticket for, had a ticket for this year and a ticket for the next year. Okay. And then was that for the, the, the your ticket was for the full weekend, was it? Or just a race day? For... Yes. They... Another strange thing in Holland, the weekend ticket is for the Saturday and the Sunday. Okay. And a password two ticket, like I had, is for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So there were people who came who came to the entrance with a weekend ticket, because the weekend ticket is normally the whole weekend, the Friday, the pit walk, everything. Yeah. They came at the entrance and oh, you got a weekend ticket. Sorry, it's Friday, you can't get in. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they had to leave. And not seeing anything, and come back next day. Ah, that that would that would be really uh, gutting if you kind of got all that way and went. Oh, you can't yeah. come in today. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looked like you say it was two thirds full. It looked pretty full on the TV, and the atmosphere looked amazing. It looked quite crazy in places, um, and I guess the grandstands were always going to be full of Max fans now. I believe that you were representing McLaren, one of the few representing McLaren in the uh, in the horde of orange that was uh, in the stands. Yes, there were about. Uh, I met, I think, think uh, twenty twenty five McLaren fans. There were some more. Uh, there were some 
who wearing a Red Bull shirt with a McLaren cap. There were some, uh, I think about maybe 100 McLaren and the rest was, uh, and 100 Mercedes, some Ferrari here and there, a couple. And that was, uh, yeah, Max. What was the reason they reduced the numbers, Gerald? Was it uh, because of COVID <laughs> restrictions or? The race was, uh, yeah. No, it was not my kind of race. It was a little bit boring. It was a parade. Not many overtaking. Not many action. And yeah, that is the kind of track. Um, then the orange smoke. <laughs> it was a lot of that. <laughs> I've got a picture. You can't. I, wa I was in the arena. On, on the one side of the arena. And you couldn't see the other side. Because of all of the smoke from the flares? Only smoke. Wow. It was it was crazy. You you couldn't breathe. I could still have <coughs> pain in my chest yeah. <laughs> from the smoke. Ah. It is uh, yeah. You couldn't get, see the grandstand because they throw all the flares and smoke pots in front of the grandstands. There was some fire uh, on some places. Uh, yeah, no, it's not good. And if you think that it was forbidden to take a camera, a professional camera with you. Yeah. And they were very strict on it. And they told us you would be very strict on the flares. But there were hundreds of them. Yeah, it, I, even even when they were doing the um, the formation lap, you could see them all going and everything like that. And I was I was kind of wondering, you know, what was what, what might happen? Might they actually delay the race because drivers' visibility and things like that? But um, from from what we saw on the TV, it's definitely uh, it, it kind of added to the atmosphere. But like you say, if you're in the stands, you want to watch the race. You want to not have to breathe in that smoke all the time. I think race-wise, like you say, it wasn't the most exciting race. Um, I feel that we were waiting for a red flag for somebody to crash so that Lando's strategy would kind of work for us. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, it's, uh, I, th I think most of us will agree it's, it was a, obviously a disappointing race for, for, for us so far as the, the, the result was concerned. Um, the, the number of, of incidents on on Friday and Saturday would have certainly led the strategy team you'd have thought to to think that there would be some kind of uh, incident during the race which we would be able to take advantage of. But as, as you say, it, it never really materialised. I think the closest we got to that was um, Mazepin and Schumacher, you know, nearly taking each other out. But that was never going to involve us because we were far far too far down the road. But may, maybe from a um, you know, from a team perspective for, for the season, it's it, it's a race that we just need to move on from and, and you know, forget about and move on. Monza will, I'm sure, will be more successful at which we were last year. Um, but again, that that's learning for the team that 
at the moment, we're probably in a position where we are targeting certain races to do well at. And Zandvoort probably just wasn't wasn't our track to be able to get that that the result that we wanted. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think um, you know, I think hopefully we'll do well in Monza next week because um, we we did last year. But the yeah. the, the kind of curveball for Monza next week is that it's the sprint qualifying is back, which might sort of I don't know whether that'll help us or hinder us. <laughs> Who will know? <laughs> um, <laughs> It's certainly a different format, but yeah, I, I, I certainly feel like we had a bit of pace in qualifying um, and we were caught out by the red flag. Um, yeah. I think Lando was on a fast lap at that point and I would have I would have thought Lando would have gotten into that Q3 pretty easily. Um, you know, he's been faster than Ricardo most of the year anyway in quali, so... I would have expected Lando to, to make it into Q3, given Ricardo did. Um, I think there's a few other drivers who who, who were unlucky with the, <laughs> the red flag in quali. Um, I, I mean, from the point of view of, of getting some points, I think it was always going to be a, a bit of a difficult race to overtake. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the track. I enjoyed watching qualifying because it looked fast. It really looked fast and exciting, but like um, like you say, that not the most exciting race because there wasn't really a lot of overtakes. I think once they figured out that you could go around the outside of turn one and then undercutting the chicane, we got a few more. But I think they said in the commentary you need to be two point six seconds a lap faster to overtake on that straight, and just there's only a couple of cars going to do that, and that's going to be, you know, you saw Perez struggling to get past Mazepin. The, mm-hmm. what, the fastest car on the grid against the slowest car on the grid, it was always going to be a bit more difficult. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but that, I think that's kind of the paradox with that track. It, it looked fantastic, and the, the banking looks absolutely brilliant. Was, and there were several uh, mentions in commentary of it being very much like uh, in in the oval racing. Um, but at, but at the same time, it was it was it was like Monaco, and that you know you're going to struggle to get past, and there's there's not many uh, obvious passing spots with it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And this this kind of leads me to a question that I, I really wanted to ask uh, Gerald here is that um, uh, having talked to you before when we've been at the, the MTC and things like that, um, you've been to Zanfort before back in the 80s, is that correct? Quite a few times. Yes, and in the 70s. Yes. And <laughs> what's the racing? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was uh, the, be polite the there. It was... was very different yeah now it was only max and the reporters everything i don't think that's good there are 19 other drivers yeah and my first time at sanford at the grand prix was in 75 wow (laughs) when i saw uh James Hunt winning. And I never missed one now since 75. Excellent. Excellent. And would you say that the um, the track, obviously we've reprofiled the track a little bit, but would you say the racing is pretty similar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think from the, the, the whole track, from the original, is the straight, the Tarzan board, 
and the Huguenots, but they changed that also. That are the only parts from the original track back in the uh, 70s, 80s. Ah, okay, okay. So it's, it's very dramatically it's changed. Completely different. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you can't really compare what the racing was like in the 70s and the 80s against what it no. is today. The cars are different. The track's completely different. So. Yeah. The cars were smaller and the track was, yeah, some okay. parts wider. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, that's interesting. And, um, yeah, I mean, you, you've uh, you mentioned that you've been to some of the older races there. Um, I've been lucky enough to see um, a, a book that you produced um, yes. uh, a couple of years ago, which has got some yeah. amazing photographs in. Um, and uh, part of this book is sort of the kind of access that you had back then compared to now. So I believe, I seem to remember you telling me that you could just walk in with your camera, chat to the mechanics and the drivers and have a wander about and see things. Uh, is that correct or have I got that wrong or is that? Uh, it was not that easy. You uh, could buy a paddock ticket. It was about uh, then 200 guilders. That's now about uh, 90 euros. And because I was a member of the Dutch uh, Sport for, uh, Federation, you get a discount from 50%. But you couldn't go into uh, the pit. Okay. That's forbidden. And the last few years, you couldn't get in the paddock of the Formula One. But, yeah. If Niki Lauda comes and says to you from, come on, let's go to the team. Nobody asks you for your ticket. <laughs> yeah. So the mechanics gave their FIA pass through the gate and you walk around. Hey, I got a FIA pass. Walk in and then covered by mechanics from McLaren or Lotus. Uh, or when they controlled the, the pit lane, I went in the truck, and when they passed, I went out of the truck into the pit lane again. <laughs> I never had a ticket for the pit lane. I've been in the pit lane at Sanford. I have uh, saw the races from... In that time, you had the, the fresh boxes on the top of the pit lane. And you could sneak under it. <laughs> and then you could, could watch watch down in the pit lane. Ah, okay. Excellent. So I watched some races from the top of the, of the pit lane, straight above the McLaren uh, pit. I've been at Spa in 83 for uh, the Friday and the Saturday in the pit box at McLaren. I didn't have the, the pit card there. The mechanics uh, sneaked me in. Uh, Silverstone, uh, Ron Dennis, by the, the security guard so that I could get in the pit lane. <laughs> uh, wow. I mean, that's if Ron Dennis says you come in, nobody's going to argue with that, are they? <laughs> <laughs> so we had a, yeah. But that was a completely different time. 
uh, two years ago at SPA, uh, I met Helen on the Thursday with the pit walk. She was a bit uh, disappointed about a colleague from her in England that they didn't arrange uh, a pedal card for me for the Belgian Grand Prix. Uh, this year was crazy, uh, Gino told it. Uh, yeah. On Friday, we got uh, the pedagog card. That was, yeah. Yeah. Now, this weekend, uh, I couldn't bring my camera. Officially, I couldn't bring my camera into the, to the track. And I wrote a mail to the media department of the Dutch Grand Prix. And I told them from, hey, I'm uh, the frontman of the Dutch uh, McLaren fans. I want to make pictures for the Dutch McLaren fans, and I'm one of the only Dutch uh, McLaren plus Papaya members. If I, if I don't try it, I never get it. Yeah. A surprise, after half an hour, I got a mail back from the media department, from the from Zandvoort. If you can arrange that, you get a confirmation from the McLaren team that you are a Papaya member and the frontman of the Dutch McLaren fans, you can take your camera. Excellent. <laughs> I took the mail, the big letters above, help. <laughs> Veronica, can you help me? Yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes later, hello, Gerald. How is it with you? I'm with Ina. That's my wife. Uh, I send you a separate mail that you can send to the Dutch Grand Prix organization. And I got uh, permission to take my camera with me with the professional lens. Excellent. So I had a 600 millimeter lens <laughs> on my camera. <laughs> and yeah, I think I made uh, some good pictures again. Excellent. Well, look forward to seeing them. Hopefully, none of them are covered in orange smoke. Uh. Yes, there are some covered in orange smoke. <laughs> but I have to do a lot because I have to uh, arrange the, the pictures from Spa that were about 1600 and now from Zandvoort about 1200. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a, got a lot of time to go through those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah great great stuff there Gerald. it's really really interesting to hear um especially the, the sort of all the how the things have changed in the from the older times mark what did what did you kind of make of the race i think as we as we said already i mean from a mclaren perspective it was you know disappointing that we were sort of yeah we, we ended where we were but I, I think, like I said before, we, while at the moment we're probably targeting races where we are going to do well, maybe Zandvoort wasn't one of those ones where we expected to do well, especially after after qualifying. Um, but again, that's that's something that we need to learn going forward that you know, we, we need to do better at, at more races uh, if we are going to um, r- rise up the ranks. I'm, I'm not going to try and try not to sound like a bad fan here. I, I know we are where we are and, we've, and the, from where we were uh, just a few years ago and you know, Joel 
and more than any of us will will have known the ups and downs of being a McLaren fan o- o- over the years. You know, right right from the yes, top. We, we don't talk about the Honda years. <laughs> which which Honda years, though, Andy? We talked about this the other week. You know, which Honda years? <laughs> the more recent ones. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the, the the race itself, though, like like I said, once <laughs> um, once it was clear there were no uh, major incidents where you know not just us, but other, there, there weren't going to be any surprise results from uh, from any other teams. It felt a little bit like a Monaco, and not not necessarily a procession, but that there was going to be very little overtaking. So, you know, from, from that perspective, we get those races three or four times a year. We we know that's going to happen, um, but hopefully, uh, Mons is going to be be a lot more exciting and a lot more opportunities for, for the race in general for overtakes and for, for McLaren to do better. Yeah, one thing I did notice um, this weekend on the coverage was how tight the pit lane was. Um, because the garages are very, very close together. And you could see when uh, cars were coming into pit that normally you only have one team that pulls the, um, the, the gun hoses aside, but you were having to have the team behind the pit box and in front of the pit box do it because there was just no room to get the cars in. I think Ted Kravitz described it as, a, uh, as like a club circuit. Um, so you know, I mean, I've not been to any sort of touring car races, Andy. I know that you have, and, and Joel, I'm yeah. sure you've been to races at, at smaller circuits. Andy, you and I have been to to Walton Park when we've done the uh, done, done the running race around there. But it felt a little bit like a sort of slightly larger scale Alton Park with regards to <laughs> facilities and so forth. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that. I think, but I, th- I think the thing that was worrying me is if there was a red flag or a safety car. If everybody dived into the pits at the same time, what yeah. on earth was going to happen then? I mean, we didn't get to see it, but I, I would think if we're at Zandvoort for the next few years, we might see something like that happen. Um, just talking of uh, sort of Zandvoort and the atmosphere and everything else like that, um, I, I kind of, after, after watching it on TV, and obviously the race wasn't the greatest, but I've kind of added it to my list of races to go to. Just for the for the atmosphere, <laughs> but um, you know it, it looks amazing. But do you you know would you, do you get to see more on the TV? Was the organisation as good as it looked? Um, I, I think the problem would always be getting tickets because I think there's always going to be a vast majority of Dutch Max fans wanting the tickets for the weekend. I think they said the capacity was something like seventy thousand people. Yeah, the, the capacity was about uh, 100,000 people and about uh, 70,000 on the grandstands. 70 or 72,000. Gerald, did you, sorry, Gerald, did you say they reduced the capacity? Was that, was that because of COVID or was that because of yes. any yes. other? Right, okay. But it's, it's easy when you. We had to sit on the grandstand. Every ticket with what, that not was seated on the grandstand was gone first. And then you talk about uh, 30,000 tickets. Then you almost have got one third of the tickets. So that's the reason why the grandstands were full. Because it was forbidden to stand along the track. Like, like what well, we'd have general admission normally, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. 
Just there were no general admission uh, tickets at Sanford. And the organization, yes, it was busy in town when every came, everybody came with the train because it was forbidden to come with your car to Zandvoort. Yeah, I read, I read something that only 2% of people came in cars and we had a shot on the TV that showed the whole circuit. And where you would normally see car parks at Silverstone and stuff like that, it was bicycle parks. <laughs> I, had a, I had a camping site uh, 13 kilometers from the track. And every morning I went on my bike through the dunes little yep. bit hilly, to the track, the whole day on the track, end of the day, on the bike, and back. But yesterday, I left Sanford after track about uh, five o'clock, and 40 minutes later, I was on the camping site. Wow. <laughs> Put my tent in the car, everything, and went home. And no traffic jam, nothing. You can could ride straight away. If only we could do that at Silverstone. <laughs> and, Are they compatible? And it changed last week at Spa. Uh, we had a problem with one of the girls who were sitting uh, with us. She had parked her car on the other side of the track, but it was forbidden for her to walk to her car. Uh, about medical reason. <coughs> My car was about 10 minutes walk from the grandstand where you were sitting on. There is, in Spa is one grandstand with uh, a normal admission that you can sit on. So we walked to, walk to my car. I went to the other side of the track. It is about 17 kilometers. So two hours later, yes, two hours later, I was at her car. Wow. Then I had to go back because Gino was on the other side of the track. <laughs> <laughs> so I, get, I got in my car at uh, a quarter past six. I picked up Gino around nine o'clock. 9.30 in the evening. Then I was to Francochamps and back. We were at the camping site that was 18 kilometers from the track about 10.30. And we left there 11 o'clock. So I was at home at half past one in the night. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's late. <laughs> Yeah, that's dedication. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were too wet and too cold to sleep another night in the tent. So we yeah. didn't talk. <laughs> ah, yeah, I can't blame you. It was crazy at Spa. It was crazy. Yeah. Right. Um, there's, a there's a difference in organization. It, it, yeah, a lot of people went with the train and got the cars in Harlem or in Amsterdam. And there were special parking spaces about 10 kilometers from the track where you could hire uh, a bike, an uh, e-bike or a normal bike to get to the track 
and then there were parking spaces for the for the bikes. Excellent. And then that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we we should see more tracks doing that. That would be a good idea. A park and ride with cycles. Yeah, that would work quite well. Well, they right. compared the organisation to Melbourne, didn't they? Because I mean, Andy, you and I've been to Melbourne. We know how easy that is to get to the track. Yeah. Um, on, on on the train. Right. So right. yeah, it's definitely yeah, definitely something we can uh, that other circuits can learn from. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, thanks very much, guys. Um, next race is Monza, um, the Cathedral of Speed, one of my favourite tracks. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, not, let's not mention the toilet facilities, which I know will uh, please some of my friends who have been there with me when I missed it, mistook some toilets, thinking there were showers once. Anyway. Let's not uh, mention the Ferrari flag either, Andy, and getting uh, stuck under that. Well, yes, yes. Yeah, you, you, there's the possibility of getting stuck under a Ferrari flag at Monza. But I guess if you're going to get stuck under a Ferrari flag, Monza's the place to do it. Um, I'll tweet the photo out later. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just to say thank you, Jared. Okay. And thank you, Mark. Um, and the last thing to say is it's actually one year since we did our first podcast. So um, that's come around really quickly. So let's hope uh, we get another year out of it, or at least the end of this season will go, um, as long as people keep listening. Um, thank you very much. And thank you, guys. And uh, thanks, Mark. And, uh, Jared, um, uh, tot scenes. Yeah, tot ziens. Hopefully in February at MTC. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, thank you guys. Oh, bye. Bye.